We're live, man. We live. We got Mike in the building, man. What's going on? Nothing, man. Just chilling. Blessed on this beautiful winter day. Enjoying your life. Yo, we literally was just talking about spirituality before we turned this on, man. And like, you know, fully fully went live. Definitely. But how'd you get into spirituality? So, for me, I got into spirituality from through my grandmother. Yeah. So, she's been through a lot. Um, I can't really put a business out there, but she's been through a lot in life. She wanted to give up sometimes. And she's actually um, of the gay community. So she's a Jehovah Witness. She's been Jehovah Witness for 20-something years. She goes to the church, and they say, I got a problem with who you lay in the bed with. After that, she says, no religion that should be worried about what I'm doing outside of the church, outside of my religion, my relationship with God is me and my problem. So... She stopped doing that A little bit after that She started uh, Studying to be a masseuse She got a masseuse license And she started studying Spirituality And from there I got in points in my life That It was hard to Keep surviving And go through it And I needed answers For a lot of things So she pointed me Towards spirituality And that's where Everything all started So the answers That she was getting Before The spirituality mm-hmm. I, I bet it was one of those Where it didn't have A substance that you Really needed it didn't have anything through spirituality. The answers came from within. I couldn't go look for them. I couldn't go in a book. It wasn't nobody that can give me directions but my own self. Right. So spirituality is something that you got to dig deep in yourself and you get them questions from you. Not somebody that wrote it in the Bible and another man tells you, to, hey, you got to live life like this. Right. You find what's your rights and what's your wrongs. To me, I think that with stuff like that, Mm-hmm. What I realized was that it builds up a certain type of program in the people where they start to develop like a fear-based mindset. Where it's just like <laughs> it's crazy, yo. It's just like it's like yo. I don't want to do a lot of things because I don't want to go to hell. And that's another thing that she taught me. A lot of people in his life are scared of fear. So when I tell people you can be scared, but to conquer fear, you can also be brave. Yes. Like, say. You scared of a snake You see a snake in this yard outside You go test your fear out You go test how brave you are Get close to that snake Then over time you defeat that fear You defeat that stigma that I'm scared I'm not going to approach things that I'm scared of So through spirituality It was me being scared People telling me I'm not supposed to do these things You got to live like this You got to live like that Well I challenged myself So I said Let me approach these things that I'm scared of let me try to venture into doing these things. Um, and another thing she taught me about death. So we're taught that death is a scary thing. All right. So with that being said, I don't mean to cut you off. Mm-hmm. We can continue like back on it. But this is going to be a brief little question. Mm-hmm. But and I know it's probably most likely going to tie in. What are you about to say? Yeah. But do you believe that death is the end or this is just the end of what this reality is now. And then after that, we go into like another realm or dimension or I don't even know like the right word to even use. So let's let's talk about that one because this is a big concept. So death related to fear is we're scared of the unknown. Absolutely. So we have anxiety because tomorrow you're not going to know what happened. You're You're plotting about tomorrow so you get scared today. So to stop that, to, to live more, you have to not be afraid of death. You have to approach it. Like, for example, people that do daredevil things like skydiving, they approach those things because they're full of life. They don't fear death. Yeah. So they're limitless. And to death, it's like this. We're taught in science that Everything's ha- everything have energy. So my question is, and I never have answered this today. When you die, that energy that your body contains, where does it go? And we know that we have a soul. So where does that soul go? Those are two questions me or nobody else can answer, right? Me or nobody else can answer. But what I do know is when I die, this body is temporary. Absolutely. I leave this body. I can't think. My brain is within this body. So, they say death is is painful. But you have experiences where people said, 
their near-death experiences or that have died, it may have been pleasurable. Yeah, like it brings like um, a sensation of warmth, mm-hmm. oneness, uh, going towards that white light, I guess. Definitely. But like for me, for example, when it comes to like stuff like that, it's mm-hmm. just like people tend to put that label on death with damn near everything that they do. You know what I mean? Like, for example, just like what you just said, mm-hmm. like death is just to me personally, it's just like the fear of the unknown. And a lot of people don't like going in that direction. They like going with what makes them feel safe and comfortable, whatever that homeostasis is. You feel yes. me? But to me, that hinders a lot of people's growth. And I'm like personally, I'm big on going towards the unknown mm-hmm. because like I I feel as though like the only remedy for that is that you you gotta face your fear. You know that you're scared. You're aware that you're scared. Mm-hmm. But I think that the only remedy to that is courage because that's that's showing that you are scared, but it's still not stopping you from doing whatever it is that you gotta do. And I think that people should display a large amount of courage when they they are the most scared because a lot of times. Um, a lot of situations isn't like a life or death situation. Mm-hmm. You feel me? But we tend to make all a lot of the situations that we in like if the bill is due on the first of December. You know what I mean? We already put ourselves in like a life a death situation before that even happens. So, let's talk about that one. So I'm gonna end this on a death note. Um, we create the stigma in our head. We fear death because it's the unknown. But humans fear everything that's unknown. That's where anxiety gets created. (laughs) So, for example, I probably stopped working for like a corporate job probably a year and a half ago, two years ago. My parents told me, oh, you don't know if uh, you might need this job. You don't know if you don't. You got to take them steps. You got to just see. You can't fear what you don't know. So people might say, oh, well, I might not be able to pay that bill next week that you anticipating what's coming tomorrow you don't know tomorrow hasn't approached yet yeah so anxiety is created from the fear of the unknown but you can't know what's unknown it's <laughs> unknowing so we create these stigmas in our heads say for example back in the day i used to approach a female and say dang she's gonna reject me it can go like this it can go like this it can go like that yeah that's anxiety that's me creating mental pictures in my head that this situation will go wrong this is a problem in our society and we have to retrain our mind state and rewire to go let me think this situation in a positive manner so for a year and a half i've been recreating every situation in the best way possible that it can go i still know that it can go wrong but let me just think that this can go right what what is the biggest challenge with coming with thinking like that the biggest challenge is even unknown to known is not knowing what's going to happen but it's just when you approach things with a positive mindset is a more is a is a bigger percentage of that thing that you're trying to accomplish of going right because you're driven you're you're not scared you're ready to approach it everything about your mannerism said i'm ready for this task yeah man and with that being said i think that people should should just ultimately just not be afraid to take on a task that pertains to them being the higher version of themselves and oftentimes that come across as fear but it's crazy Mm -hmm. how like how slight uh your actual inner self talk to you because you drowned out all the noise up top with all the distractions but it be pointing you in the right direction literally all the freaking time but it's just so much monkey mind and clutteredness going on around that it's hard to like listen in but when you do listen to it it's most likely the scariest thing you ever heard in your life that's another thing when spirituality is scary because you have no other option but to listen from within yeah for example my girlfriend yesterday we at the gym he 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 works at the gym by the way planet fitness good gym in delran get your gains get your gains go there and get your gains so we at the gym and she says the gym is empty she don't like a lot of people at the gym watching her. Yeah. So she's noticing on all the outside noise, all the outside sounds and everything. I have my AirPods in. When I'm in the mode, it's, and I taught my friend this, it's a mode where you're within your consciousness, you're zoned out. 
you can't hear any other noise. You only can hear your mind and what you have to accomplish for that day. Yeah. So she said, you don't hear the weights in. She think I'm being rude because I said, I don't hear nothing but my mind, this music, and what I'm about to accomplish next. Yeah. So she's focusing on all the outside things. And for example, when I go shopping, I got my AirPod in. I'm zoned out. I'm focusing on what I have to do for the day. I'm not focusing on who's watching me. Who may think I'm moving like this? Who's acting like this? Because when you search spirituality, you're, you're sure of yourself. You don't care who's watching because you know what you have to do. Not what a other person may think you have to do or what you have to be. And if you watch Mike Tyson podcast, he would tell you this all the time. <laughs> That's such a good podcast, man. Hot boxing with Mike. Definitely. Yeah. And I forgot who he had on. I think it was uh, Lil Boozy. He had him on. And he said, we create this persona. Lil Boozy went to jail. Mike Tyson, he's supposed to be this animal. Yeah. But later on in life, it's 40-something years later, he realized, this is not who I'm supposed to be. People want me to be this scary guy because I'm a fighter, but I'm actually a nice guy. So, do you have that? Have, do you think that's a large part with dealing with the ego and, like, the death, death of the ego for them to get to that point? You have to destroy ego because... I destroyed my ego a long time ago because it had me thinking that I'm better than the next person. Yeah. We both live and die. We don't know when that time's going to come. The house you can't take with you. The cars you can't take with you. We live and die. So no matter how you want to come down to it, no much money you have, no nothing, we're still the same. So you have to eliminate ego to realize that. And some people still have their ego, so they will never be able to have this ideology in their head. It's, I, I think that in the realm of when things start to get competitive, like for example, being like a rapper, mm-hmm. and like an athlete, like a boxer, yeah. I think that that ego, they, they're literally fed by their ego. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yo, I'm better than this person. I got to take this person down. Or also, they ego, for the most part, what I noticed with somebody like, I don't know, like Mike Tyson or... Mm-hmm. Like somebody like I guess like Tom Brady Or late great Kobe Bryant Is just Mm -hmm. that That mindset that they also Don't want that feeling of somebody out there Is putting in more work than them That they're not the best Like you know what I mean And that has a lot to do with ego as well And I'm just I wonder if somebody could be successful Like really really successful Without without an ego and a competitive aspect, because if when it comes to spirituality, you look at everything as a oneness and everything is connected. But if you try to bring that in a competitive, it almost seems like that's literally not the place for it. So I'm gonna tell you, some of these most successful people you you're you're mentioning, they they probably got rid of the ego, and I'm gonna tell you why. When you're competing, they compete on a different level, like. When you see normal people out here that's not yeah. famous, that's not playing football, that's things like that, they're competing against each other. You want to go to school to look better than the guy down the street. You want to have more than a guy down the street. They excelled on a different level, and I'm going to say this with emphasis. They compete within themselves. You have your body, your mind, and your consciousness. They're seeing how hard they can go each day compared to yesterday. When I wake up, dang. What did I do yesterday? Can I do it better today? When you compete against yourself, that's another level of excellence. That is. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But at the same time, and you already know at this point that a lot of people should 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 be on that type time. You know what I mean? Definitely. Because like this is I talk about this a lot, but you, you come into this world by yourself and you leave by yourself. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. So with that being said, your goal should be self-mastery throughout this whole entire journey. You Definitely. should be looking at every single aspect of how can I be a better version of myself today, just like you said with yesterday, with the mm-hmm. mindset that these dudes have. But the discovery that you make within yourself and you under, you start to understand what you don't like, what you do like, what you into, what you're not into. Definitely. But you can carry that on to other people. And other people, that, that, that energy to me vibrates off as somebody's going to start thinking in the individual aspect as well, but w- with the oneness of what's going on around us. So the thing is that I don't know is when spirituality was taught to a lot of people, but 
this is why I think this podcast was so important because we need to start teaching these things again. Like, for example, your parents don't tell you that you can be something great. Go ahead and do it. They tell you, go to school, walk this path, boom. I was watching Amon Shepard and he said, if a kid picks up a camera, their parent will tell them, put it down. You don't know if that kid is going to be the most amazing photographer in the world. Yeah. But now they're discouraged throughout their whole life because you told them, do not touch this object. For example, you like to play basketball. What if your parents told you, stop playing with that basketball, pick up the football. Your journey through God was probably to be the best basketball player in the world. Yeah, man. Like, it's... I always is high school was so long ago for me, mm-hmm. but I always bring up the story about me playing playing basketball in high school. Let's let's hear the entire story. Talk about <laughs> it. Talk about it. So just to start like everything off, um, in the eighth grade, I was in science class. We had like an eighth grade project mm. and we had to like pick a career. So of course, me being a 13, 14 year old kid, I'm a pick NBA player. Yeah. Of course. So my teacher, Mr. Keita at the time, mm. if y'all went to Delray Middle, y'all know exactly who this is. Y'all about to laugh as soon as y'all hear this name. <laughs> but he came up to me and then looked at it. And he was like, that's not realistic. Mm-hmm. Pick something else. So I'm like, what? This is realistic. So he was like, no, pick something else. So I ended up picking cartoonists because Hold I up. like to draw at the Let time. Let me ask you that. Did that make you think about yourself and your, how, how you seen your life going? Absolutely. It made me think in a way where it made me it made me think in a way where once he once he told me that I that was the first fire that I I honestly ever remember being like lit inside of me where I was always that type of kid if somebody told me I couldn't do something I mm-hmm. automatically thought the opposite of what they was like saying or why they was leading me to believe that. Now let me ask you this: around that time, how old were you? 13, 14. 13, 14. You still remember that vividly to this day, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Tell, talk about it. So this is an interesting journey for me, man, because mm-hmm. it's not like I, w- I was playing basketball around that time, mm-hmm. but I never played basketball under the whistle with referees. I was playing mm. pickup with my friends, like three on threes and stuff like that. Mm. And I thought I was I thought I was pretty good. I thought I was the shit. You know Definitely. what I'm saying? But. What I started to notice was, like, I remember the eighth grade, I tried out, ended up getting cut. Mm. Freshman year comes around. We had a freshman seminar class, and my goal was, for freshman year, I rolled down on the paper, was to make the freshman team, the freshman year team. So I'm just like, all right, cool. Tryouts, I think I took, like, two shots, and one of them got blocked. Mm. So it was like, I knew I was getting cut that year. I was like, no, I'm trash. I'm tight trash. Like, no more than <laughs> Yeah, so I, around this time, I'm I'm really starting to really love basketball mm. but it wasn't reaping the benefits for me i was mad frustrated because i mm. thought it was going to be my freshman year i thought i was going to do four years go to syracuse and be one and done and Definitely. go to the nba yeah but of course reality was like ha ha i got uh-huh. something else for you man uh-huh. it ain't gonna be like that yep but my sophomore year was my first time playing organized basketball with like referees so mm. my my first season i think the most points that I scored was like 10 points and that felt so good to me because I was averaging like two points like Mm -hmm. just making a layup every game and that was mad upsetting to me but by the end of my sophomore year I had like a three game stretch where my scoring just like it doubled where it went from eight the next week it went to 16 and then I got 32 that growth yeah man and it's like that whole time period from my sophomore year mm-hmm. within a matter of five or seven months mm-hmm. I really started to like buckle down on what I was doing because I seen like you said and I was like oh that's a little sign I can mm-hmm. actually I can actually be good at this yeah and just to be 16 and just getting jumped into the fire of doing something that everybody's been doing since like they was like eight at this point mm-hmm. and this is like my first year um, then the next year, going into my junior year, the summer of that year, we had two practices for the middle school kids and the JV and varsity. Mm. So the middle school kids practice, I believe, was like from 8 to 10. And then JV and varsity was from 10 to 12. Mm-hmm. I would get there literally like at 7 o'clock in the morning, like before everybody else. I would walk from here to the middle school. It was probably like, I'd say like two miles away from my house. Mm-hmm. I go there. I do what I gotta do for like an hour before anybody get there. Practice with the middle school kids, and then practice with the JV. But yet again, doing that, 
I wasn't the coach wasn't noticing at all. He's just saying that I was showing up mm-hmm. and then put me on the JV side when it's time to scrimmage. Yep. So at this time, I'm just like, oh my god, like how much more do I have to do? But you, but the thing about that is, you tried to impress the coach. Yeah. Then later on in life, you probably learned. Let me impress myself and other people gonna notice me. No, absolutely. That's like the biggest thing that I learned. Mm-hmm. But eventually, he took notice uh, to my work ethic. He actually put me on. Uh, the starting the first team or whatever, mm. but four months later I ended up tearing my ACL, so my season was shot. Junior year, it was totally Jeez. shot. So I'm just like, oh my god, I can't catch a break yeah, for you nothing. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, man. But something, something in me kept saying like, yo, that would be the worst mistake if you was to stop right here. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand why, because I'm sitting here in a position that I was like in, like I'm not getting none out of it even to begin with. So. I could just stop and mm-hmm. nobody would ever notice and nobody would ever care. That was like, that was the kind of mindset that I got on this truth that I had until yeah. once I went to college, the dream for me to even play basketball, like outside of college, begin to like start dwindling down. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, for those of you who just hearing this story, if you in the midst of doing something that you truly love and you're creating something, don't stop if you're really, really passionate about it. If it brings you fulfillment, there's a reason why you feel that way, and there's a reason why you should keep going. You're you're creating something special. That's Definitely. that's my take, man. And I'll say this: if in life, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna say this directly to the camera. In life, you got to do things that you want to do that you truly care about. If you truly care about this thing, nobody should have to stop you. If he want to play basketball and I said, you're the worst basketball player in the world, that's not his dream if I stopped him. He should be passionate enough about this that nobody can get in his way. This is his dream. This is what his life will be built around. Nobody or anything should be able to stop him. Not the ACL tear, not somebody not putting him in the game, not his points, nothing. Greatness. Greatness That's one of the realest things I ever heard bro Definitely Seriously And another thing That What's his face I wanted to like Talk to you about mm-hmm. Is just like What it How do you feel about philosophy And how important is philosophy To Our human society And the way we go about uh, Understanding This life that we live in So This one is a long one But Philosophy I'm in class I mean I'm in college for health science and I got a major in psychology but I took bio I took organic chem none of those clatters matter more than philosophy when I took this class the teacher asked questions for example he asked a question if you have an old person laying in the middle of the bridge is a train coming you have three children laying in the bridge it's a train coming you only can stop one train you either can save the old lady or the three kids and you might give an answer you might say I want to um, I want to stop the train from killing the kids because the lady is old then another question comes well did you kill the old lady because you couldn't stop the train wow but not knowing that these are not questions to question you but it's simply creating your thinking process so now When I got my back against the wall in certain situations, I'm not stuck. This class and this teacher taught me to think throughout any situation. So I look at the best outcomes of all situations because I'm thinking. I'm just thinking. Like, that's the thing about philosophy. It just makes you think. And if you remember, we had a conversation at the gym. And the lady said, I'm big on, what'd she say? I forgot we had the conversation when she walked in about spirituality. And she didn't want to get too deep. Yeah, she didn't. She said she didn't want to go down the rabbit hole. Mm. She said she didn't want to go down the rabbit hole. But I I forgot what what led up to that point. She just (laughs) had questions about about life. But I told her, Don't be scared. That's what keeps you thinking. You should wanna know more. Like that's human nature to wanna know more about yourself, wanna know more about the world. It's just philosophy teach you about knowing. I think that when it comes to this kind of stuff, 
you if you're feeling uncomfortable with the stuff that you're hearing and ain't nothing wrong with the person that's saying it, mm-hmm. you need to listen some more. Exactly. <laughs> Straight up. That that's means, what I tell people. If that means that it's resonating with you in a weird way, that mm-hmm. it's truthful. It's some truthful it's some truthfulness coming out of it. And and the the truth that make you uncomfortable to the point where it's just like, all right, they're getting too deep or that's getting too deep, that means that you need to do some soul searching and understand who you are, why you are, and what you are. And that's like, that question to me always is evolving because we don't know until we know. But the thing is why spirituality is so unknown because people get scared. Like, people literally get scared of knowing more. Yeah. Like, it's not dangerous at all. It's not. Like, they'll want to know more. But at the same time, just to play like devil's advocate, Mm -hmm. knowing more can also, in a way, create more anxiety. It does, and at at first that was my problem. For real, it created more anxiety, but it creates more anxiety because when you communicate to a lot of people, they might not know what you're saying. Yeah. So, the anxiety comes from people not knowing these things. But if we teach them, the society can be destroyed. It is, and I already talked to you about this, but one of the main reasons why. I started doing this podcast is just to put people in a paradigm shift and to get them thinking from the social norms that we have now because a lot of things that we do is deeply rooted in destructive behavior. And this is something that I wasn't mindful of until I started taking a step back and being aware of what what was going on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just being conscious of the energy that was being presented out as well. You know what I mean? Definitely. And I I also, like, I'm really big on, like, you know, energy and, Mm -hmm. like, vibrations and stuff like that. Because ultimately, when you break stuff down to, like, its simplest science, that stuff is what's holding literally all of this stuff together. You know what I mean? Matter. It all comes down to science. But we created this. For example, at the end of the day, we're, we're animals. We eat, sleep, breathe. We do everything that a rabbit in the grass do. These yeah. concepts of architect to this is human-made concepts. We broke out of our nature to create the the way that human society is today. And damn, I forgot what I was literally about to say. <laughs> but about um the frequencies, we do vibrate on frequencies. That's why you get along with certain people. Right. So low frequencies, and I just read this the other day, and everything is aligned, human connection, and I'm going to tell you exactly how this week was so aligned. So I go into Wawa, and I see people just, when you walk into somewhere, you can see people, their frequency just not on the same level. Yeah. You vibrate higher. The higher frequencies are happiness, joy, and there's things of that nature. Low frequencies are violence hatred things like that so you get along with who's the same frequency as you and this is what i was about to say the norm it's no the norm i can't tell another person how they should act and in our society that's we need to break that chain yeah i can't look at you as a black young male and say oh you need to play basketball you need to play football you need to be a rapper you need to be no you can literally be who you want to be. And a lot of people stop that. They tell you, you're not supposed to act like this. You're not supposed to talk like this. Right. This is you. How are somebody else going to tell you? Because 500 other black men are acting like this, that you're supposed to act like this. It's not. Yo, especially just being black, like now in a culture that we have like set, it's just like, I'll say at this point, we are progressing mm-hmm. and learning at a rapid rate, but at the same time, it's a it's a lot of things that we can do better to unify ourselves. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that I got the answers right now because I absolutely don't. And I believe that who do whoever is the person that had the answers, they need the they need the experience from like all mm-hmm. different sides of what it truly means to be black from the struggle. From, you know, the violence, the whole nine, you know what I mean? And I think that that's how you truly come up with an answer. Because all in all, and this is what I've been saying even past 
just things like racially is just that the biggest thing that's missing from us uniting is understanding. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And people, for me, that's especially in a place of power, they they misunderstand people on purpose. They literally do it on purpose to keep people where they at. And to me, that is not cool. And any information that I get, I'm willing to give the next person with no bias towards it, but they got to be ready to receive the information first. So, one thing Little Duval said in is another podcast, Joe Rogan. I love the Joe Rogan podcast. So, they're talking about life and death. And Little Duval is saying, life is simple, but it, life depends on your understanding. So, if you understand things more, life can be simple. If you don't, if you lack understanding, it will be hard. So as far as I think that's what's lacking in society now, understanding. When we see, say, a homeless person in the street, we just looking at them from what we perceive. Right. We don't know their story. We never ask them their story. When you see a homeless person and a successful person, say a, a multimillionaire and a homeless person, they might have the exact same story. They might be brothers and sisters. They might be relatives. You never know. But you will still treat them differently. You what? will look down on that homeless person and say they're scum because they're in this position. Then you would go shake the successful person's hand and say, good job, good. No, they got the same story. <laughs> you don't know how hard somebody's life is, so you just have to go and see. No, seriously. That's another thing that uh, we're just, with what you just said, is just that. I, I start to believe I started to believe that the two sides of everything is pretty much the meeting itself like in the middle like for mm-hmm. example with I, like another thing that I always preach is that people are uncomfortable even when they think that they're comfortable yeah and it's just like for example you could be sitting down on the couch watching TV all day but at that at the same time you're doing something that's not hard at all to do but that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you're comfortable while you're doing it because for the most part people that do stuff like that they all the time like oh my god I could have been doing this I could have been doing that and that kind of thinking that's not comfortable I'm gonna talk about this one because we was just talking about it one of my friends said he works at shout out to F Um, he started a mental podcast as well oh that's Um, what's up shout out to F man it's on Apple Music I don't know what it's called, but shout out to Ev, and it might be a link in here. But All right, man. I'll, I'll, yo, Ev, if you're watching this, if you ever watch this, I would love to have you on the podcast, man. Definitely, man. Come do it. But he was talking about how he works at AAA, and he just, he hates his job. He's uncomfortable. He thinks he needs to do more, but yeah, I told him, this job is your uncomfortable position. That's why you're trying to get away from it. You want to be comfortable and leave this job. But... He was talking about starting a clothing line. I said, use this job as a way to save and start the clothing line because you're uncomfortable because you're uncomfortable because you see that image. You want it now. Uncomfortable is fighting through adversity. So work at this job for a certain amount of time, get uncomfortable and then start the clothing line. So you appreciate being comfortable. And so people that might sit on the couch, they're uncomfortable because it's two things. You got to control your mind. You got to teach your mind peace and you got to teach your mind when to react. So our society moves so quick that we're always reacting, reacting, move, move. You got to move. You have to reprogram your mind and teach your mind how to relax. You got to meditate. You got to do yoga. The same... um, Emphasis you put on getting up, waking up every day, say you're going to play basketball, getting ready to do this. You got to put the same energy into peace and find a relaxation. So when you find relaxation, you you move slower. Like, for example, when I'm playing basketball, I might teach myself how to move fast. Boom, boom. Go lay up. Go do this. But when I get in the car, I got to reprogram my mind. You're not playing basketball no more. You're going home. It's time to relax. You about to eat. It's downtime. That's funny. I literally have to do that to myself all the time. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, after I get done playing basketball, I was just like, all right, I got to leave. I got to leave 
that mindset at the court. You know what I mean? I'm the type of person that a lot of a lot of my like I don't know what to call it like obsessive thinking mm-hmm. carries over to like a lot of different things, and it oftentimes put me in a kind of mental space that yo I always got to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Something has to be getting done. If I'm not doing anything right now, what can I be doing right now? That's that's self-created anxiety. So, when you find out a flaw within yourself, this is spirituality. When you find out a flaw within yourself, you fix that flaw. You already found out what it was. You found out, Dag, I can't slow my brain down. So, now you reteach your brain that, no, me relaxing is good. My body is getting a break from all the work I just destroyed it with. I'm relaxing. This is my relaxed time. Because if you got too much on your mind, you can't focus on playing basketball no yeah. more. Because your mind is in 10 different ten different lanes. So you teach yourself how to react. And now you recharged when you go play basketball. You're not mentally thinking of nothing. You're not anxious. You're relaxed. How, how can somebody put themselves in a relaxed mind state if they are like worked up like that because that is like it's, it's very counterintuitive to just be like once you like real worked up to mm-hmm. just be like alright that's it that's like it's borderline impossible for a lot of people to do that man it's it's it do seem impossible when sometimes people get to medications but if you know that you're mentally strong you can get up every day you're motivated if you can motivate your mind to to start something and keep it going like when you're playing basketball i'm like you probably like go harder go do this like i ran track so when i'm on a track i'm like you know you could do one more like you're motivating your own consciousness yeah so when you feel that your body has just got too much energy tell your body you know you could relax you got this the same thing but at another at another subject you're just saying you got this you know you could relax you don't want to, like, for example, I'm watching TV. I get anxious. You know you don't want to bite your nose right now. You can focus. You could breathe. So it's just your right. consciousness. You got to elevate your consciousness. You got to talk to yourself in a different way depending on the subject. That's why spirituality is knowing yourself. You dig. Yo, I know I can relax myself right now. If I can motivate myself through basketball, I can motivate myself to sit here and watch this movie and waste time throughout the day because I did so much throughout the week. Yeah. It's that simple. It's, it, and it's crazy if you if you really break down like the just the average day people got a lot of time on their hands mm-hmm. but due to the fact how it just goes like that so quick so quick mm-hmm. that they look back on their day and then after that they're like dad like I did a whole bunch of pretty much nothing you know yeah. what I mean and of course like I'm not gonna say like I got it like figured out but for me I would want to say about five, six years ago, mm-hmm. that was just like, I wasted time literally all the time. But I knew that I was wasting time and I knew what I was doing was like building up to the point where I was just like, I got to get control of the situation mm-hmm. before this situation completely take over my life and I end up on a whole different trajectory. I'm going to give you... This is probably the biggest gem that anybody on any podcast could ever give. And I went to my grandmother and I said, like, I'm very, very, very ambitious. So for me, telling myself to slow down was a hard thing to do. So my grandmother says, you can't rush nowhere but to the grave. So the gift when you wake up in the morning and this is about to get deep the That's gift, crazy And I'm going to talk to the camera The gift when you wake up in the morning Is life This idea that you have in your head Let me rush Let me rush this You don't know if you're going to live to tomorrow To the next hour So I wake up Trying to accomplish The day I'm not thinking about what I'm supposed to do Next year Next month Because the gift when I woke up this morning was life I'm not rushing nowhere but to the grave if I see myself living to 98, I have time to accomplish everything that I'm thinking about. So that's what helped me slow down. If I'm watching TV, so be it. We're like, at the end of the day, we used to be animals, hunting, sleeping, eating. Yeah. 
we don't really got to do none of this. You can't take this house to the grave with you. You can't take your money to the grave with you. So you got to stop and say, let me enjoy where I'm at right now. This right here is my blessing. Like sitting up, waking up, breathing. So if it's gaining a house, gaining a new car, gaining money, gaining, that's extra. The gift was to wake up and people go through life forgetting that gift, which is life. You was brought here to gain life. We're going to die one day. So you have to cherish every moment. You don't know if you're going to wake up tomorrow, not smell that grass, not be able to do another podcast. So you enjoy what's happening right now. I'm enjoy this podcast. I'm enjoy talking to the mic. I'm enjoy. Now you enjoy life every moment, every day. You can't be sad no more. You're not thinking about nothing but the moment. So you're enjoying your time doing every single thing. Like, I'm enjoying this time right now holding this mic. I might not ever be able to hold the mic again after today. I don't know. So I enjoy every moment. Every moment. But it's crazy, man. As as crazy as that sounds, it's the absolute truth. And I really, really want people, especially for those that's listening, especially up until this point, Mm-hmm. I know with everything that Mike is saying, I know it's resonating with the majority of the people that's listening. But what you just said is like pretty much what I've been just trying to preach. You know, yeah. these last couple episodes is just like you got to go after what you're going at. But at the same time, you can't lose track of the egg on a spoon, man. You can't. You can't. You can't drop it. And that just, that's going to keep you in the moment while you still got everything else um around you mm-hmm. and i learned that i learned that phrase from reading the book the alchemist you mm-hmm. know but it's it's extremely hard to be in the moment but that's i believe is because of the conditioning we've been brought up in to always thinking about the future or always be thinking about the past but that literally stops us in the track of what we're supposed to be doing now it stops everything and social media is a big factor i tell all my friends take a social media detox you got to live in reality What somebody ha- has online You don't know how they feeling Yeah You don't know what they went through You don't know nothing That money doesn't prove anything We all got the same gift when we wake up And that's life And my friend This how everything is connected I look up fr- frequencies at the beginning of this week And uh, talk about your website a little bit Because I'm going to tell them I'm going to tell them the story after this Alright So pretty much um, on my website I just I just got a brief synopsis of how I think that this universe works and also what purpose means to me and how much I believe that that's uh, the essential reason for living for all living beings is that we all serve a purpose. But if you don't know what your purpose is, your goal is to find that purpose. And my goal from doing purpose served is from hearing people like Mike and hearing somebody like me and then seeing our journeys is going to help you in the long run find whatever it is that you're looking for. But whatever it is that you're looking for, you already know. That's the whole point. I'm not here to tell you what you should be doing. I'm here to tell you that through my journey that I had the nobody told me to do any of this stuff, but it's here. I didn't think last year that I'd be doing a podcast like at all. This just came about literally like two months ago, you know. So mm-hmm. I, my website, I want people to go and look and read. Read about how your mind works. Read about what opportunity is about, what fear is, what faith is. And I I think that like if you go on my website, my biggest goal with my website, I want to build a community of people that's looking to help other people succeed and add value to their life. So if you go in the forum section and just put whatever it is that you want to put for your journey, please do. Because I'm gone on this truth. I really do believe that you'll be helping the next person out. But that's pretty much like my website in a nutshell, man. And your website is about finding your purpose. And it's crazy because I got a call on Wednesday morning. And my friend says, he's in the military. He says, I'm dealing with all these females, but I don't know how to settle down. Boom, 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 this and that. I said, it's ego. 
You look searching Absolutely. for the next female to fulfill your ego. So when you look in the mirror, it's not. You go to you say to yourself, and a lot of guys do it all the time. I need to go uh, approach a new female to defeat my ego. I need to have sex with this female to fulfill my ego. What you're searching for is not in that female. You're going to be searching for a long time. For a long time. And in fact, going down that avenue, you're going to keep going down in circles and circles and circles. So for, listen, this is this Ooh. goes for males and females, like Ooh-hoo-hoo. both in the same. Don't be out here looking for a partner to fill a void because that void will not get filled. And I promise you that. Be genuine about whoever it is that you're looking for. Because if not, you are going to make yourself extremely unhappy. But <laughs> some of y'all are already too late. Definitely. My bad for those who are already too late. You can still stop, but y'all won't. It's a hard journey. And I tried to <laughs> stop him on his. He said, I'm stuck. I'm, he dealing with his own problems. So don't involve other people. He said, I'm trying to find my purpose. I said... You might be thinking of, he's, He joined the military right at the high school He re-enlisted again I said you might be thinking too hard on what your purpose is Like you told me We talked about it at the gym Your purpose might be helping somebody that day That's your purpose Yeah, It's not owning a multi-billionaire company But we watch social media and we think We're supposed to have everything This is my purpose This is No For me I like helping people So my purpose is If I see a homeless person I gave them food. I gave them money throughout the day. That's my purpose for the day. Yo, I'm done. You, uh, yo, tell the people out there about um. You got to tell them about the whole um helping out the homeless people and stuff like that. So this how we linked up at the gym. And when I like when I meet people, I don't want to know how successful you're doing. I want to know who you really are, your true self. So when we linked up at the gym, he told me about the website helping people find a purpose. And my purpose has always been helping people. I'm in school, I do all these things That's for the money aspect of the world Because you do need money to survive But my purpose is I always felt a certain way about how the homeless in America are treated So for me getting a haircut I probably get one every two weeks I taught myself self haircuts probably for about a year So I want to establish probably a YouTube channel Or just out of my own goodwill Give homeless people a haircut As a means of therapy I want to give them somebody they can talk to so they could tell their story too. So as I'm cutting their hair, we could talk about their life, talk about their therapy because there's a lot of people in this world that need help. In life, we're all connected. So when I see certain people, I don't say hey or I don't be like, I don't want to talk to that person. I ask them how they're doing, how they're feeling. I don't care about the color of their skin. We're all connected. That's it. So I ask people. How you doing? I just want to help. I just want to help. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and when we first originally had this this conversation, like we we had conversations in the past, but mm-hmm. you know, once I started really seeing where his mind was at, and I'm pretty sure nine times out of ten, I'm gonna go on the women say ten times out of ten, we caught the same vibe, and I noticed that he wasn't playing and he had initiative, and that he was on go. And a lot of people aren't on go. They pretty much talk you up and just be like, yeah, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do that. But you know that they not really they not really trying to do it. But I can tell with him that it was just like, all right. And I, I'm pretty sure he caught the same vibe from me, man. Where it's just, yeah. it it's was just. The, it's the frequencies. When somebody on the same frequency, you can feel it. Y'all vibrate at a certain frequency. Like you could just feel it. It's nothing nobody can explain, but. You and me or you and another person, how you connect with people, you can just feel it. Yeah. It's something about it. And it's a it's a transfer of energy. So I I, I just like I've been doing a lot of reading on mm-hmm. like energy from a scientific and uh spiritual side. So I learned something. This is actually pretty crazy. Oh yeah, let's hear about this. So for something that has a higher level of energy, mm-hmm. it, it's real it's extremely hard to maintain. Mm-hmm. So that's why when things are like at its peak or in its prime, yeah. it's only can sustain for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. What that energy wants to do is disperse into oneness of like what they consider nothing, but it's not nothing. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's maintaining its easiest form by separation. But that's what that's what makes it together. Mm-hmm. And the crazy part is, like, 
we're all made up of energy. It's like energy is a connecting link. So it's, it's like energy is like a connecting link. Mm-hmm. That's like that's holding molecules together. That's holding all of this stuff together. And just like what you're saying with like frequencies and stuff like that, yeah. which I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. is that from my personal experience that I noticed that when you're at a low frequency, it's, it's extremely easy to maintain. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go to a higher frequency, it's that much harder to maintain. And it's almost as if like frequency and vibration teach you of code of control before mm-hmm. you're able to use it and operate it. But if you had a low frequency, is you don't need no control like to at use all. it because it's, it's right there accessible. But at the at, and this is the crazy part mm-hmm. with our consciousness and awareness is just that all of these things are accessible to us literally at once at one given moment. But it's about where is your your frequency level at? And let me teach you this because success is based off spirituality. So, not spirituality per se, but knowing oneself. And I guess you could say that spirituality. That's spirituality, yeah. So, uh, achieving a higher frequency is harder than achieving low frequency. People are scared of fear, so they're going to stay at that low frequency. I'd rather hate, I'd rather, I know to reach love and joy and such and such and such is hard. Especially in a black community. We're not taught about love, we're not brought up in happy homes. So to achieve this is going to be hard. Most people don't want to achieve it because it's a hard task to do. Yeah. So when I got when I achieved the higher frequency, I became consistent. These are hard things to do. But to achieve a higher frequency, you got to be consistent. You got to teach yourself positive behavior. You got to teach yourself self-control, discipline. These are hard things to do. So when we see successful people in society, we see money but we don't see these things they're vibrating at a higher frequency they're self-disciplining them they're self-disciplining themselves at a higher level than average people that's why they got to where they got it's not they got handouts it's not this and that they're trying to achieve something that most people don't want to achieve and it most of nine times out of ten it comes with success and money behind it yeah because the same energy you put into yourself you're going to put in other places and the crazy part is you you're going to get that same energy back. So if you really think about it, if you if you put your all into something, mm-hmm. all is going to come to you. And that's mm-hmm. why I believe and I and I talk about this all the time that if you're creating something, a product or a service, you have to embrace every single thing that come with it mm-hmm. because all in all, like you gotta go through the bad with it. You gotta go through the good with it. You gotta go through the ups and the downs. That's how you truly understand mm-hmm. what you're doing and what you have, and that's gonna bring you everything that come with it as well. You can't say I just want the good because when you just want the good, you're gonna just be like, all right, on the other side, you're about to just get straight bad since you want good right now. Mm-hmm. You're about to just straight get bad, but at the same time, everything has a balance. You. It, Everything. There you go. And it's it's all about being equal. Like I used to hate my bad days because I didn't want to feel like this. I went on on Google and it says stop suppressing those bad emotions. You need the bad to realize the good. Absolutely. One thing about religion is they have God and the devil. Is good is bad. The Bible teach you you gotta be good all the time. You gotta be it's hard to, It's constantly hard To be good all the time <laughs> Yeah for real Like man. when you said It's hard to maintain That high frequency Spirituality would tell you that But When you go to a low frequency You know that feeling You know you can bounce back Between the two When you have self control Cause you know it's equal Or you might be in the middle But you know Like I will bounce back Between this these two frequencies I'm not perfect The highs come The lows come that's life they come but you gotta understand it when you're angry you gotta understand let me control my anger let me not do nothing when you're happy let me be happy let me be humble not overshadow anybody you gotta under it comes with a certain level of understanding you know it's crazy this is another thing that i was looking at as well within like the last like two weeks Mm -hmm. since i'm always like thinking like out there yeah so i'm thinking all right 
So what's the opposite of the cosmos? So I was like, all right, mm. the opposite of the cosmos is chaos. So I'm mm-hmm. looking, I'm looking into it. I'm looking into it. So I'm like, why do we have chaos? And then after that, it was the answer was right there in front of me before I even was doing the research. But synchronicities and 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 cosmic like behaviors with mm-hmm. like for example how our solar system operates and everything it needs chaos in order for it to ha- like the um, operate that it do like for example even on this planet we you need it we need hurricanes and stuff like as crazy as it sounds we need that stuff for the planet to regulate the way it do and as and it's weird so i think that with that being said on even like a, such a smaller scale i think that people need to understand that with the chaos that they have around them and when certain and at a certain point in their life where nothing just seems to click mm-hmm. it's for a reason and when when that stuff starts to happen i feel as though people need to be the most aware which they already are but they aware with the wrong mindset as Definitely. if it was like that stuff was like yo i'm i'm bad luck this is about to happen to me for the rest of my life but it's like no mm-hmm. you gotta sit here and Understand why you're going through this and try to learn. That's the biggest thing is learn, 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 learn. Just learn. Let me give you an example on what's going on right now, right? Trump get elected. For America, I think this is the best and worst thing that could ever happen to us. We've seen what putting somebody rich in power that only cares about this themselves can do. But at the same time, we realize that racism and all these other things are big problems in America. So he taught us two things. He showed us when we abuse power, what can happen. And he showed us the chaos. So now when we realize the chaos, it's sad that a lot of lives has been lost. Uh, Terrible laws has been made, but it taught us how to get better. So that's the thing, even in life with everything, chaos teach you how to get better. When your back is against the wall, my back been against the wall plenty of times, and probably yours. Yeah. You gotta sit there and think, what is this teaching me? So everything is a life lesson. So when your back is against the wall, you don't go, I'm broken. I'm about to quit. You go, What is this teaching me? Or you go, Dag, I tried this thing ten times the same way. Chaos teach you, try it a different way. Try it another way That's going wrong Try it a different way It's like To me chaos It seems like It's the balance point it, To get back to that is. High frequency Yo for real man And The highs and the lows Like I had a I had a crazy conversation With my mom like Two weeks ago About this mm-hmm. Like pretty much like Like what we just even said Like mm-hmm. everything needs A counterpart in order for that thing to even exist but not only that that's what makes all of this one as crazy yep. as that sound like for example um is a um in japanese they say is the yig and yang you ever seen avatar right the white and the uh black yeah yeah they took away one of the fishes and it was just complete they took i think it was the light fish it took away complete chaos so when i watch certain shows i think i look at a message I don't see like a cartoon. I always just been different. I see a message and things. I look deep into I'm a deep thinker. So when you take the yig and the yang, they did it in a white fish and a black fish and it made yig and yang. When yeah. you take away one, it creates chaos because you need two things to keep it balanced. And that's to me, that's crazy. And the crazy part to me is just that it's never a number that's outside of two. Mm-hmm. It's always two mm-hmm. And it's kind of crazy Like for example Even like Intuition has a counterpart Which is like you know Something being intuitive And counterintuitive Yeah How can you have That have a counterpart You know what I mean That's crazy to me It's just Everything got a tug of war It tug of The bout like And this is taught in science So spirituality is not far-fetched If you believe in Some people say I don't believe in spirituality I don't believe in this Well You probably gotta believe in science So in science Well, physics How can I say this? Everything Like if we play in tug-of-war now 
and there's a puddle of mud in the middle of both of us, and I'm stronger than you or you're stronger than me, one of us going to fall. When you play tug of war, you add an extra person. Let me balance this on this side. Let me balance this on this side. And y'all go back and forth. Yo, that's that's actually balance. Pre- yeah. It's two forces pulling on each other. That's how you create uh, equality. I think that equality would never exist due to the fact of how much more people want than others. They naturally, they just naturally are like that. You know what I mean? And I I wish that wasn't the case, but you just got to, for, for those who were listening, I think that you automatically have to have a defense mechanism for people like that because, with, for example, with something that I'm doing, it could be very easy if I wasn't like spiritually intact for somebody to take advantage mm-hmm. of the stuff that I'm doing. So for those of you out there, don't let people take your kindness for weakness and be aware of that because it's just naturally people are out there like that. They just want to use you because of what you have, but it's for a personal gain. So even this, this happens a lot in relationships. Somebody might get taken advantage of, this person might want more than the other. When I walk into, say, a relationship or a friendship or such and such, I want to make it equal. So what am I offering you? For example, say we go out to eat. Something simple as this. Y'all, I'm a dr- you paying for the food? All right. I'm going to drive. I'm going to drive there. I'm going to drive back. Y'all don't got to drive. I'm going to take care of the tip. That's equal. So y'all be y'all gained a mutual understanding with one another. Yeah. But some people in life take advantage of that and go, Are you paying for the food? You driving too? You got the tip? Okay, I don't gotta do nothing. Uh-huh. When, when the next time we going out to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and those are the people in life that I avoid. I approach people that got a mutual understanding that realize is y'all it gotta be equal. Each yeah. relationship you have, it has to be equal. Nah, seriously. And people don't even understand with like stuff like that. It's just that even when they're when they're done with that relationship, they they take those behaviors to the next relationship that they even go to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So with that being said, um, you the biggest thing that I I'm gonna preach and forever preach is just being aware of the situations that you're in in an environment. That you're around because um, it's a mirror looking at you when you're not looking at your face. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference. That's the only difference. So if you just keep having a bad relationship after a bad relationship, you got to look to yourself first and not be out here saying that, oh, it's the other person's fault. But it's just like you got to take ownership. That's the biggest thing. So if you're also listening to this, you have to start taking full accountability for your actions and your thoughts. Because at the end of the day, nobody's making you do anything. You're giving them the power to have them be have real estate in your head. So with that being said, just be aware and just know that you got full control over the situation that you're in. Well, not full control, but you control what you do and what you think. That's the pretty much the only thing you can control. So exercise that ability to the best of your degree. Definitely. And that's another thing. Most people, they... We could talk about another topic with this one. Because everything ties into knowing oneself. When you indulge with another person, your soul head over his about this other person because... How you feel about yourself Yeah You might not be happy So you putting your happiness In another person's hands That's dangerous I was literally about to say that man That's dangerous That's mad dangerous man That it, it Ultimately You start to lose Yourself You start to do things And like You know what I mean What would What would they like mm-hmm. What would they want me to do You Definitely. know what I mean And that could totally Change your behavior And have you thinking And feeling Of someone you not and oftentimes, that can be like mad depressing. Mad depressing. And who want to feel like that all the time? That's ass. Because you, you, like, it's kind of like not being able to survive without somebody else. There's a lot of people I see in this world. If I'm by myself, I can't survive. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Or they fall apart. You invested so much in that person when you should have invested within yourself. Yeah. 
So you go, this person is my source of happiness. This person, if that person is your source, when they get taken away, you will fall apart. You will fall apart. And during during that time, I believe that, and this goes in regards to any situation mm-hmm. that, that goes wrong, whether it's a relationship or something that you truly love doing, when, when it truly falls apart, which it will, gone on is true, just being honest, you have to set a foundation for yourself that you know that I can lead I can lead back to this foundation so I know that I won't get put in that situation again. And this is something that I had to do over and over and over again. It's just that every time I had to back against the wall or you know what I'm saying, things ain't work out in my favor. I had to change my foundation. And that's the most uncomfortable thing to do because you gotta go against everything you learn and know up until that point. And life to me is about unlearning to relearn over and over and over again because you more you keep learning it's mm-hmm. going to put you in a different predicament than you was before but now that you're in this new predicament it's all new skills that you got to learn with that so yep. now you got to unlearn to relearn again and that's going to put you in a different situation and that's why i said it on my second episode that if you're not in a personal growth then this ain't for you it's truly not for you you know what i mean but you People need to be in the mental, spiritual, physical space of always, like, you know what I mean, wanting to transcend to a higher level because it's truly a beautiful thing. And one thing you did say, spirituality is the only thing that probably have those three forces. Yeah. And Wiz Khalifa just said it. It's the mind, the body, and spirit. Wiz Khalifa just said these things. It's the mind. It's the body and spirit. These three three things have to be aligned. If your body is aligned, your mind and your spirit not. I mean, your mind and your spirit is not. You will fall apart. They have to be aligned for you to become a better person. That's just how it goes. So when people be like, my life is not this. Well, I feel like this. I feel like check on your mind, check on your body, check on your spirit because something is not right. It's not is not is your partner. It's yeah. not your bank account. It's not not nothing. It ain't it's nothing. you. It's you. Seriously. It's you. So when you have a problem within your your life, you you search within. You don't go searching. Dag. Maybe I need a new girlfriend. I need a new car. Damn. I need a new job. I need a new. <laughs> you don't need nothing. Yeah. You need you. Seriously. That's it. So tell tell the people how they can reach you, Mike. Man. Man, you can reach me on Instagram at Marty2Fly underscore M-A-R-T-Y-T-O-O-F-L-Y underscore. And that's probably it. All right, man. Much love. Much love. I'm pretty sure he's going to come back. He's definitely going to come back. This is a good one. So for y'all out there, man, keep serving your purpose. Mike's doing his, man. Y'all have a good one. Love y'all. That was dope, son. Yo, that was dope. Yo, that was dope. Oh, my God.